What does it mean to pursue a worship experience? How do we balance the tension between being biblically faithful and expecting God to meet with us in power? In this episode, Bob and I seek to provide a biblical framework for how we're to think about experiences with God as the church gathers on Sundays. Welcome in to the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. We are so happy uh, if this is your first time or if you listen to our other podcasts. Uh, I'm David Zimmer. And I'm Bob Coughlin. And yeah, this is uh, an opportunity to talk about um, things pertaining to worship gatherings, uh, leadership training, uh, musicianship, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave the above. All that stuff. And maybe culture sometimes. And maybe culture. We'll get into that. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to talk about uh, God encounters, mm. which is of the third kind. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, just the role of experience in corporate worship. Mm. I, I think that this is something I was talking with one of my sons about recently. Um Experience is kind of like this buzzword in some right. circles, you know, and it's gotten so far that I was listening to a podcast sometime in the last year and well-known uh, worship leader, part of a church, they call their meeting The Experience. Mm. Um, there's a conference in Florida that's called The Experience Conference. There's a church that's called The Experience Church. And, wow. Yeah. You know, so obviously we are excited about experiences, but it, it raises the question... How do we think about them? You know, are, are they mm. good? Are they bad? What should they be like? You know, all that kind of stuff. So I, th- I thought maybe we should talk about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, when I think about experiences in the worship uh, culture, uh, it seems like when people are going to church, I don't even know if they're expecting anything mm. to be oh, they, happening they, there are yeah a number of christians like that yeah. it's it's almost like i i go to church it's either my duty or it's the community i'm a part of i go mm. to church i stand up and worship and then i sit down and i listen to the sermon and then i go and i leave yeah, yeah. Uh, and go on with my life you know so it's i i feel like this is a very pertinent conversation to be having uh, especially because you look at Instagram and and Facebook and mm. YouTube, mm. and you see these quote unquote experiences oh my. Yeah. happening, you know, on big scales, on a large yeah. scale and a small scale, and uh, and so I and it, it does become about the experience, right? And and you see it and you think, oh, that's what I want my church to be like. Yes. And some people, as you're saying, react to that and go, well, no, we're not gonna do the experience thing at all. We're just here to preach the word. We're here yes. to sing. We're, you know. Yes. So what, what's, is you there... You have those both extremes yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, or whatever that that is. Well, I'd, so I guess my first question would be like, do we, uh, should we even be expecting an experience when we gather in a corporate setting? Well, feel free to answer this yourself. I have thoughts, as I always do. <laughs> thoughts. Um, well, you know, in, in the word of God, we have people who who God reveals himself to, and they have experiences with God. Mm. You know, some of them are, are very dramatic. Moses in Exodus 34, when, you know, God passes before him. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah 6, you know, Isaiah sees the, 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 the Lord seated on the throne, you know, his train filling the temple, and you know he's he's awestruck. Right, uh, right. You know, that that is an experience. You have um, in Nehemiah eight 
when they're reading the law. They're just reading the Word of God, and people are being affected. They're lifting their hands. They're kneeling. They're weeping. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this experience. Uh, in the New Testament, you know, the Corinthians were obviously having experiences, which Paul was addressing in different ways, but he wasn't saying don't have experiences. Mm. Um, there, was, there was spontaneity going on. Um, they were being emotionally affected. You look at Revelation, you know, which, where you see uh, you know, loud singing, loud shouting, thunder. You know, I mean, John is, uh, is, is affected by all this. Mm. And so, yeah, God seems to be for us experiencing him. He's not, he doesn't just want us to know him academically. I mean, I love the way John Piper says it. Uh, John Piper, you know, pastor theologian par excellence. Uh, only the Lord knows how many lives have mm-hmm. been affected that God has used him to affect. Yeah. Um, you know, his his motto is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. Mm-hmm. Well, that that satisfaction speaks of a, an experiential satisfaction. When I'm mm-hmm. satisfied with something. Mm-hmm. I I am really satisfied with it. Julie um, has made this chocolate cake um, twice this week, once for my <laughs> granddaughter's birthday, Ruby, and then I had it again last night. And I tell you, when I eat that cake, I am satisfied. <laughs> I have an experience. Yes. Um, and that's because it's so good. Well, we're talking about the Lord. Right. A- and we're meeting with him you know, right. corporately. So Peter says, 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, though you have not seen him, you love him. Yeah. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Hmm. And so the question we should be asking ourselves is, when we gather with God's people, where he reveals himself to us and we respond because of our union with Christ, what does a joy inexpressible filled with glory feel like? Hmm. It should feel like something. I feel like it's so disconnected uh, from that emotional response is so disconnected when we're in a uh, a corporate setting, or it can feel that way. It can. It can, it can feel, feel that like way. that. It, you go to you're in a service, yeah, and then. You go and you have more of an experience at a football game yes, yes. or at a concert than you do, like you're saying, this is the way I feel about chocolate cake, but why am I not feeling this about, about the Jesus. Lord? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, who saved me from my sins, who rescued me from hell, you know, eternal damnation. Why am I not excited about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and on the other hand, you have churches that see that, um, that uh, inconsistency and make it all about the experience. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's good uh, to talk about what kind of experiences we should expect. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay to, yeah, to, to go there? Because um, I think there are three kind of parameters we need to put on the kinds of experiences we're looking mm. for. So the Spirit is the one who, who manifests God's presence to us in this age. Um, he, he is the way we know, we feel, we experience that God exists that Jesus is the Savior. Um, He was sent by the Father and the Son to reveal Jesus, Mm -hmm. to to magnify him. Mm -hmm. So the first kind of experiences we should be looking for, expecting, are experiences that 
magnify Jesus, that mm. exalt him, that make much of him. You know, the Holy Spirit wasn't sent just so he could do strange things. And somehow that's how we think mm. about it. Oh, I need, I'm going to experience something. It's going to be some emotional, like, just high. That's just, I'm just going to always remember. Or uh, something that is, is strange. Something's different. The stranger it is, the more chance it's the Holy Spirit. No, yes. that's not why the Holy Spirit yeah, right. has come. He's come to exalt Christ. Mm. So, you know, that we should expect that, mm. that the Spirit would give us experiences that help us see how glorious Jesus is, who he is, how holy he is, how merciful, how kind, what mm. he's done, mm. you know, in living a perfect life for us that we could never live, dying a substitutionary death that we deserve to die, rising from the dead so that we could look forward to the hope of the resurrection. I mean, those are all the things that exalt Christ. Yes, that's an experience we should be looking forward, forward mm. to every time we gather. I feel like that's so, so clarifying uh, to the point of how do you define what the experience is? Well, yeah. It's Bringing not that random. Clarity. Yeah, it's not random, strange activity. It's yeah. clarity into what the Holy Spirit is doing through His Word. Yeah, I mean, I've lived through two what would we would call, or what people have called, you know, outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, God is always pouring out His Spirit, but there are certain times, you know, where you, you think, wow, something's really happening. That would be the 70s mm. and the 90s. Mm. You know, the Toronto Blessing, that, that whole thing. Lived through both of those. And I think during both of those times... Uh, there emerged two kinds of people. One, those who would would see this as you know God's drawing us to Himself. He's magnifying Christ in our lives. He's he's uh, drawing us to nearer to Himself. He's making us aware that He's with us. And they dig more into the Word mm. as a result. Mm. And and actually that that's the another parameter for the experiences we should seek. They should be defined by and rooted in and evaluated by. The Word of God. Testing. An, yeah, tested mm. by the Word of God. Mm. Another, and fueled by the Word of God. Mm. But then there would be an, there another group of people who pursued the experiences and weren't as committed to going back to, well, why did we experience this in the first place? You know, it was because we were dependent and needy and crying out to God and looking to Jesus and looking to his word. And yes, God met us. But then something happened, whether it was shaking or whether it was falling down or I mean, whatever it was, some experience that that became the pursuit. Mm. And God doesn't want us pursuing experiences. He wants us ex pursuing him. Mm. And he wants us pursuing Jesus. And he's told us how to do that in his word. Mm. There's a there's um, a story in the Gospels that just brought this... I was listening to a sermon by C.J. Mahaney, who's my senior pastor. Um, it was on Jesus on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples. Mm. And he was... Uh, Luke 24. And, you know, Jesus had just risen from the dead. And the disciples didn't recognize him. Well, you know, if you think, is there a time for an experience? This is it! Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he just rose from the dead. You know, what could he do? I mean, he could, uh, you know, do a miracle. He could, he could levitate. You know, right. he could move a mountain. Right. I mean, all kinds of things he could do. But what he did was take them to the Moses and all the prophets, mm -hmm. and he interpreted 
in all, to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He took mm-hmm. them to the word of God yeah. because he wanted their experience of his resurrection to be rooted in God's eternal, infallible, inerrant word. That's great. That, I mean, that was just... That was just that's just amazing. So I think yeah. how often do I look for some kind of experience when when I should be just looking into God's word mm-hmm. and seeking him to meet him there and seeking to hear from them him there and allow his word to evaluate my experiences. So so in scripture God never says, you know, I'm going to manifest my presence to you by a bright light. I mean he might, but he doesn't promise that. He doesn't say I'm going to give gold dust. He, he doesn't say, I'm going to shake you. What he does say is that I will reveal myself to you through my word. Mm-hmm. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, For we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next. This mm-hmm. comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, in the context of that passage, Paul is talking about how the Jews... Uh, and certain unbelievers have not had the veil lifted from their eyes so that they might understand the word. So we've had the veil lifted. We can behold the glory of the Lord in the word. Mm. So it's, it's... Our greatest need is the veil to be lifted. Yes, As yes. opposed to an experience. Right. And, and when that veil is lifted, you will have experiences, mm. but maybe not the kind that are really like crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're the kind that change your life, mm. which leads to a third parameter, and that that is, you know, we we want to exceed, we want to seek experiences that that edify the church, that build up the body. Yeah, First Corinthians fourteen, uh, Paul's talking about you know the church, the meetings of the church, and five times he references building up the church. Mm. Like when we gather, it is really important that we build up the church. So when I'm going to a meeting, uh, my church or any kind of gathering of the church, and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder what, you know, I wonder what I'm going to experience, what I'm going to What do. am I going to get out of it? Yes, it it's the wrong focus. Mm. It, we should be asking, well, Lord, how do you want to use me Mm. to build up those I'm gathering with. Mm. That's and, good. and in that, we will, again, will have experiences that are, that are rooted in God's Word. You know, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about the unbeliever who comes in when, when the believers are prophesying. They're speaking forth truths of God, and however you want to understand that, that passage, they're speaking something of the truth of God. He hears it. And his, his soul is laid bare. He falls down and declares among them, it declares God is really among you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's an experience. Yeah. You know, but it's not yeah. necessarily rooted in this ecstatic, uh, you know, crazy time. It's just, no, we're speaking forth the word of God, the truth of God, mm-hmm. and, and people are affected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we want to seek experiences that will build up those around us. That's great. Uh, you mentioned something before uh, about kind of two different camps, um, those who are wanting to stay away from those experiences and those who are seeking only the experience. Yeah. And I guess I want to ask the question of, um, for the person that doesn't experience anything, hmm. what, what if I don't feel like I experience anything hmm. when I gather? How would you speak to that, or how would you encourage that person? Hmm. Well, I mean, there could be a, a number of reasons why we don't experience the Lord. 
Mm. You know, where we don't experience this love, where we don't experience, you know, the significance, the impact that we should be experiencing. Yeah, where it goes to the heart. Yeah, where it goes to the heart. That's right. We know it's true. Yes. You know, we've heard these things. And this can happen with, it should, it does. It happens with every Christian. Yeah. I I, I think one of the things can be that we're, uh, it's a result of disobedience. Mm. You know, we're we're walking in disobedience. We're we're grieving the spirit. Uh, Ephesians four thirty quenching quenching the spirit. First Thessalonians five nineteen, and yeah, through through our unrepentant sin, perhaps we're not experiencing the Lord, and He's trying to get our attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be uh, a d- time of distraction, you know, or we're just distracted by some issue we haven't dealt with, um, relational, you know, confusion, unresolved situation, deadline that's approaching that's, you know, weighing on us, and we're just distracted, so we're not really feeding from the well of salvation, drinking from the well of salvation, not to mix my metaphors, um, we're, we're, we're feeding from other places, drinking from other places, other wells, mm-hmm. and so we're just distracted, and again, the Lord wants to get our attention. I think sometimes we don't experience the Lord because he wants us to learn how to trust him and to desire him more deeply. You know, that's what we see in the Psalms. Um, you know, my, my soul thirsts for you like in a dry, dry and weary land where there is no water, Psalm mm-hmm. 63. Yep. Psalm 42, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. You know, mm-hmm. the psalmist was in a situation where he didn't feel God. He felt far from God. That's a good thing. What does that make us do? It makes us long for him. Mm. It makes us long for his presence. And we should be a people who long for his presence, Mm -hmm. which is different from longing for experiences. Right. And and I, I would say one of the things that's been helpful to me through the years is just recognize the difference between the promised presence of God and the experienced presence of God. Yeah, define those. So the promised presence of God is recognizing that God has promised to be with us in different situations. Mm -hmm. Of course, he's omnipresent, he's always with us, but he's promised to reveal himself to us uniquely when we gather, Mm -hmm. when the word of God is preached, Mm -hmm. when we share the Lord's Supper, when we sing. Ephesians 5 talks about how we're filled with the Spirit, which leads to singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So... We know, Jesus said, where two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We know that God has promised to be with us. So we don't have to wonder, oh, I wonder if God's going to be here. Mm. He is here. Mm. And we can take joy in that. We can be confident of that. You know, we, can, we can walk into a gathering, no matter how big our church is, no matter how good or bad the musicians are, no matter mm. how good or bad our preacher is, we can walk into the gathering of God's people and as the gospel's being proclaimed, the word of God's being preached, we can know God is here. Mm. That's his promised presence. His experienced presence is when he chooses at his will to say, I'm going to make you feel this. Mm. And the question is, should we long for that? Should we desire that? And I'm going to share a quote. Right. i, I got to hear my computer. Right. That I found a, a number of years ago by Graham Harrison. He's with the Lord now. It was on the Banner of Truth website, which is not a known for its charismatic leanings. And uh, I just found this so powerful and helpful. It's from an article called Worship in the Presence of God. He said, so my question was, should we long for these experiences with God? Hmm. 
He said, there could be no substitute for that manifested presence of God, which is always a biblical possibility for the people of God. When it is not being experienced, they should humbly seek him for it. Mm. Now listen to what he says. Not neglecting their ongoing duties. That was, don't stop everything because we're experiencing God. No, keep, keep going and right. what the Lord's told you to do. Right. Nor denying their present blessings. Mm. It's like saying, Lord, nothing's happening here. I need yes. you to do something. Right. No. Ask God to open your eyes to see how he's graciously blessed right. you in so many ways. Right. You know, John Piper says, God's doing a thousand things. We only see a couple of them. Ask God to open your eyes. So, mm. nor denying their present blessings, but recognizing that there is always infinitely more with their God and Father who desires fellowship with those redeemed by the blood of his son and regenerated by the work of his spirit. Mm. I just love that because I want more of the presence of God in my life. Mm. We don't want, I don't want to speak for myself, we don't want as Christians to merely have a mental relationship with God, an academic relationship with God, a mm-hmm. doctrinal relationship with God. We mm-hmm. need doctrine. Don't ever hear that as you know dismissing doctrine. We doctrine yes. defines who we are, what right. we believe, who God is, all those things. But it's meant to lead to doxology. Yes. It's meant to lead to an experience with God that says, Jesus, you are all I need. Mm-hmm. You are more than enough. You are my greatest treasure. Mm -hmm. Because that's why we were saved. You know, Mm -hmm. Paul says in in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 6, For God, who said, let light shine out of of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what we were saved for. And every time we gather, we have this opportunity to to dial in by the power of the Spirit through the means God has given us into that seeing the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I want to expect that. Yeah. I want to pray for that. Yeah. I want to long for that, knowing that one day the veil will be lifted completely, we'll be in his presence, and we'll be doing that for eternity. And that'll be an experience like nothing we've had here. Yes. Wow, excellent. Um, I want to talk so much more about um about these experiences mm. and 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 more pointed i want to talk more in a different podcast more about the emotions mm. that Great. come with these experiences yeah. and 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 how how to be discerning yes um, that's that'd be great but giving but this this has given so much clarity to what we expect yeah what we should expect so. And it makes me excited for Sunday uh, because I could come expectant. Yes. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Bob. Yeah, thank you, uh, Dave. For your ministry uh, through Sovereign Grace Churches and Sovereign Grace Music. Uh, And thank you for joining us again uh, for this podcast. And we hope to see you again. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.